Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast brought to you by SME Strategy. My name is Anthony Taylor and I'm going to be your host today. On the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, we interview senior leaders and thought leaders to get their best practices for leading teams, for driving and executing strategy, and other best practices as it relates to leadership and team development. And our goal here on the Strategy and Leadership Podcast is to bring you practical and executable tips that you can use right away to support the growth of your organization or your business. So if you enjoy today's episode, please be sure to subscribe. You can follow us on YouTube for other bonus content on strategy and leadership, or, and you can join in on the conversation on Facebook in the strategy and leadership community. So I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. My guest today is Matt Sweetwood, who is the Chief Executive Officer at LuxNow and author of Leader of the Pack. Matt, how are you? I am doing amazing today. Thanks for having me on. It is my pleasure. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, LuxNow, who you are, what you bring to the table. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk. Let's talk LuxNow first. That's, in my mind, the most interesting thing, way more interesting than me. So we are what I guess you would call a late-stage startup, meaning we're a post-revenue company. We are the marketplace for luxury assets. Think autos, homes, and yachts, all three on one platform. Uh, It is a marketplace, so it's Airbnb for luxury, plus think of like Toro for luxury, and Boat Setter for Luxury, all three of those companies combined in one, but focused on luxury, that's what we do. We have over a billion dollars on our platform right now, people hosting. We have amazing tech, download our apps. Now that I did this nice little ad for LuxNow, but we're really excited about what we're doing because nobody else is doing it in this marketplace. And that sort of ties into me. Um, I'm a lifelong New Jersey and New Yorker. I came down here uh, about eight, nine months ago to Miami. That's where I'm talking to your audience from now uh, with this opportunity to run a company that's doing something nobody else is doing. In my previous life, I I ran businesses in New York and New Jersey, ran a electronics distribution company and a retail big super retail superstore for more years than I'm willing to admit. Uh, We've had a very successful exit out of that, did some Really amazing things in there. Oh, I hate that term. Did I use the term really amazing? <laughs> it's like the valley girl term. I did some very, very excellent things in that industry, reinvented the camera store model, built a successful camera store when all those camera stores went out of business and uh, had a really fantastic journey through there. Um, while that was all going on, reinventing that business because we had digital transformation. We were once the biggest, one of the biggest film sellers in the country, had to transform our business to digital, you know, and to be able to sell digital in that electronics industry. And while all that was going on, I got to be a single dad of five little kids. Their mom left us when they were little. I raised five little kids as a single dad when nobody ever heard of that. And if you get my book, Leader of the Pack, I talk about how I survived all of that, no hair intact, but um, nevertheless survived all of that, uh, raised five successful adult children out there doing positive things in the world and built a pretty good business and somehow survived it all. No, but Leader of the Pack is a great story. Very proud of it. It was a number one bestseller. And if you ever went through something difficult in your life, this book is your guide out of it. So that's really it. That's my story. I'm here in Miami, all excited about my company Lux now and uh, looking forward to the next chapter. 
I love it. So what has been more challenging, leading a team of five kids as a single dad or building a, a, a business with billion dollars in, in assets uh, on its uh, marketplace? Yeah, I think I'm going to take the diplomatic answer there. And I'm going to say that they are equally difficult and equally rewarding. Got that. So that's very diplomatic of you. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and what's really interesting, you know, it's funny, I write a lot, obviously I wrote a book, but I write a lot of business articles. And one of the most popular articles I, I've ever written got shared. It was featured by LinkedIn as best of the day on their platform. It was published around was what's the difference between great leadership and great parenting? Of course, my conclusion in that article is that there's essentially no difference. The same skill set that you need to be a great leader, a great company leader uh, is very much the same as what you need to be, you know, a decent or good parent and turn out children that are, you know, productive and, and okay. And I really, I, I think the, when I was faced with having to raise these kids and keep in mind, the mom left when the children were 18 months to eight years old. So imagine five kids, 18 months, little and still in diapers through eight years old and a very difficult business. Of course, it was a catastrophe at the time. I you know, could barely handle it and didn't know what I was doing. But having to raise those kids kind of manned me up, turned me into a man and forced me to be a better leader, better organized, better in lots of different ways. And I eventually started to use the skills in both places, skills at work to manage the home and sort of how I related and how I grew at home to you know, work at work. So I think in the end, it was a really, you know, it was a transformative experience, turned me into a man. You know, we're looking at this, we're obviously COVID still going on, a lot of people working from home, a lot of people are actually having to manage, you know, parenting at home while also running a business and leading people. Because there are such tight parallels, but since it's a business podcast, not a parenting podcast, let's let's stick with the, the business side of it. What would you say are the three most impactful lessons that you learned that uh, help you lead people as in, you know, you've, you've gone through all of these experiences. What are the top three sort of learnings that you had? You're like, Oh man. And it just sort of broke the door open in terms of your ability to inspire and lead people. I, I think number one is you need to understand your problems and the nature of your business completely. I think that sounds like, what did I just say, right? It's your business. You should know it. But I think a lot of people who run businesses don't understand the depth of their business, understand the nature. Like we're going through COVID-19 now. So you really need to think carefully about the entire problem, how it's going to affect your business, how it's going to affect your business post, you know, we're going to come out of this. We're going to come out of it, I believe, quickly. I'm very optimistic about this. You know, so you really want to understand it. You don't want to kind of ignore the problem, hope it's going to go away, or just understand, gee, how is this going to affect sales? And you start to focus, well, okay, this is what it's going to do, but it affects other aspects of the business. It could affect your banking relationship. It could affect how you market, how you, how you phrase things. It could affect how you treat, obviously will affect how you manage your employees and so on. So you really want to understand the complete nature of the problem. And, you know, I always say, sit down, Write down all the assets that you have, write down all the negatives and try to all the liabilities and try to piece all that together. So that would be number one. Number two, whenever you're faced with a crisis or you want to solve a problem, it's very important to get out in front of the problem. And I, I think that mistakes are mostly made by 
overly conservative actions, not by overly aggressive actions. Obviously, you 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 know, there's a time not to be overly aggressive and there's a time not to be overly conservative. But I think that if you pile all of the business mistakes in one big vat, I would say that 90% of them are from being overly conservative and not acting soon enough. You need to react right away, get ahead of the crisis. So I think that's very, very important. And then I think the third thing, as a leader, you have to be confident. You have to be the leader. Don't be looking for other people to sort of lift you along. You can't lose your cool. You have to be in control of the circumstance. You have to have a plan that you clearly articulate to your staff, to your vendors, to your creditors, to everybody. Make them understand. We're in a fund, like at Lux Now right now, we're in a fundraising mode. So I'm speaking to fund, and the first thing they ask you is what has been your COVID plan? What is it? And, you know, if you have, they understand it hurts business. It hurts everybody's, almost everybody's business. So if you have a plan and you sound like you are organized and you're effectuating something that's meaningful, you're really, you're really in the clear. So to me, it's those, th it's those three things. It's mm -hmm. understanding the scope of the problem, getting out in front of it, acting aggressively, and really effectively communicating as a leader and being confident about it. Look at how all of the problems within your business also are integrated, like not just the individual functions of it, about how X affects Y and, and all those different levers. And then, you know, the overly conservative. And I know when we did the pre-roll, you're like, you're a Jersey guy. And I'm like, well, maybe I, I'm sure that plays into it a little bit. That's but right. I, that's I like, right. When yeah. we see a problem, you know, there's a joke that says, um, if you only have a hammer, you, you know, if you only have a hammer, you, that's the only, how you use it. Remember how it goes, New Jersey, we only have a baseball bat. That's all. We just carry that around with us. And we just use that to fix everything. Sharpen pencils, you know, whatever. Got that. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm interested to know how that actually leads into our, the third point, which is you mentioned like the importance of being confident and, 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 you know, having that, that feeling of in control and in the world of uncertainty, how do you balance that confidence, that like real confidence and when you're actually feeling uncertain or if you're just like, shit, I have no idea what's going to happen, like, but being OK with that. Is it like a confidence in uncertainty or, or how have you found that in your, you know, 30 year career as a CEO? You know, what were those what were those some of touch and go moments where they're like, wow, OK, maybe I need to, I don't know, be vulnerable or open or, you know, what's worked for you? You know, once again, I'm going to relate a little bit of the parenting thing. I mean, I remember mom left. Those the five little kids, they all blonde hair, blue eyes, looking up at me, and they're like, Dad, what's next? So my choice is I could go cry and eat chocolate in the corner, or I can turn to them and say, okay, this is what we're doing, and I'm going to lead the way. And the same thing at work. When you go through a crisis like this, your, your staff, they're looking to you. And so you have to draw strength. You can go cry and eat chocolate in the corner, but not when they're looking. And so you rely on the fact that it's a little bit of a spiritual thing. And this actually really is very spiritual, is we're all sitting here today, okay? I'm sure most essentially everybody listening, your audience, we all have been fed. We're all sitting here clothed. We've made it through all of the other difficult times. I'm sure everybody in your audience has had very difficult times in their life. I know you have. I'm sure I have. And you get through them. So it's sort of that confidence that this too shall pass. You will get through it. God kind of, you don't believe in God, the universe, whatever. Universe will eventually open up and you will get through it. And if you just keep reminding yourselves of that, that you got to this point, 
you'll get to the next point. It may not be easy. You may have to do things. You may have to act aggressively. It may be painful at times, but you will get there. So I always keep that in mind that this too shall pass. We just need to do the right things. Just keep going. We're going to make it. If, and, and I have a personal slogan, I think, that really applies in times like this. I know I hate memes and stuff like this, but I actually live by this. For me, it's just a question of how badly you want it. So if you want to survive through this, you just ask yourself, how badly do I want it? If you want it badly enough, you're just going to do whatever it takes. And if your staff feels that in you, that you are just not going to let this fail, it gives you confidence and gives them confidence. You know, and I think confidence comes from not only just past successes, because every new challenge, every new crisis presents a new set of variables and a new set of things. But the thing that you that I've learned from past crises is that you don't solve the whole crisis in one, one stroke of the pen or one type of the keyboard or one action. You solve the problem by step by step making each day better. So if every day I do something to better my company, better myself, move us forward, in the end, you end up with a good result. And I think that formula works all the time. Just every day, try to do things that forward yourself and eventually you pull out. And you know that's worked in the past, so it'll work here. I guess I got two questions. One is if you're a leader and this is the first crisis, you know, you, you mentioned the step-by-step sort of approach, taking back, looking at, you know, a higher power, God, or drawing strength, like spiritually. So whatever that works. So what if any other tips do you have in a crisis for the leaders themselves, but then you also have like leaders who maybe they are confident, but they have members of their team who aren't as confident or who aren't dealing with the situation as well as they could be. So what advice do you have for leaders who might be in their first crisis? And what do you advice do you have for leaders who have to lead people in this challenging time? Yeah. So let's talk about the the second thing first. So as a, a leader, if you're the leader of the company, you're the owner, the president, the manager, even if you're a manager of a team, okay, and you have people under you, I think this is the moment when you need to look at them like you look at your kids. I'm sorry to keep going back that, but I think it's really relevant. And I think that you take them one by one and you try to understand their circumstance and help them one by one. This is where the memo to the team is not really the right solution. This is where you need to be face-to-face, Zoom-to-Zoom, Skype-to-Skype in this circumstance. And you need to actually understand what's troubling them and make them feel like you understand their problems, get them actually understand their problems, and try to guide them to bring them to your level. See, the key to being an effective leader, this is like power tip, is that the idea is never to lower yourself to anybody else's level. The idea is to get everybody to come to your level. And then when they all come to your level, raise your level. That's a my coaching tip that I give to CEOs is that you bring your you walk in there. You're the top dog. You bring everybody to your level and then raise your level and then keep bringing them and keep bringing them. Now, in terms of young leaders, obviously, experience breeds confidence. I mean, as you know, we talked about before. I think that for a young leader, this is you have to view this as your opportunity to grow. So once again, you you have to find this internal strength because you're not it's not coming from necessarily experience. But if you say to yourself, hey, I want to be a leader and I know that if I can get us through this, I am going to grow myself, which is what I said when I was faced with having to raise the kids. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I should run away. No, I'm not going to run away. I can't run away. I know that if I get through this, if I can somehow figure out how to do this, 
I'm going to be a much bigger person. And I think that's what you have to do is you view it as a challenge. You might be scared. <laughs> you might not be sure what to do. But you say to yourself, look, if I can get through this, I'm going to be in so much stronger position. This is like just like going to yoga or doing Pilates or taking a course online or something like that. This is a self-improvement exercise. And if you can figure out what to do, you are going to grow in leaps and bounds and be ready for the next thing. And once again, my I go back and, and I've actually said this directly. I, I speak and I've spoken before millennial audiences and young audiences. And I always say courage does not come all in one wave. It comes in buckets of water. So that if you just do one act of you have one courageous act, do something, do one thing. You're going to grow just in your own bravery, your own courage. And then you do another act and another act and another act. And before you know it, you are brave heart. So you're able to really elevate yourself just by doing, once again, that sort of one thing and one thing at a time. Yeah, I love that. So I got, you know, the experience breeds confidence. And then, you know, really talked about the mindset around it that like, you know, sometimes for me, I, I get up in the morning and I just got to like, I got to get myself my head right before I can even do that. And, and like elevating that and then taking those little steps, even if it's just getting out of bed and doing the thing. And I really like that, that it comes, the courage comes in buckets and in little drips and over time and progressively, you know, on the individual side of things. And then recognizing, you know, the parallel to that is on your team is that everybody has a different circumstance that they're going through and that you got to bring them to your level but also like you got to elevate yourself. So you got to elevate yourself. You got to pull people up with you. And then once everybody's on your level, you, you know, sort of speak is that then you can, that's when you get a chance to elevate. So you got to sort of have like the, this is a stupid example, but power Rangers, where you have all five members of the team, when they get together, they make the dragon sword, which is, you know, a 30 year old reference. Uh, but just like, you gotta, you can't do that without everybody. It wouldn't make any sense if you didn't have the total piece. So you really got to realize that you are only as good as everybody with you. And you get to sort of pour into them, their courage and, and developing those small acts on a, on a piece by piece. Did I capture that in a way that makes sense? I think that's extremely well put perfectly. That's awesome. You know, one of the other things I, I, I got from the experience breeds confidence, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this and, and your experience, but I put like just borrow experience. I mean, that's how I became a facilitator. So how'd you became a facilitator? I just tell people I made it up and I just like read as many books as I could. And then, you know, if you're a subscriber to the podcast, listen to some old podcasts, like get a mentor. But, you know, Matt, what did you do and, and what do you still do to have people around you that, that, that provide that, that experience if you don't have it yourself? Um, I think that once again, though, it comes from analyzing yourself. Like I just said in the beginning, you analyze the company. You also analyze yourself. You know what your strengths are. You know what your weaknesses are. That comes from experience, you know, just being there. Like I, I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not so good at. As time has gone on, the things I'm not so good at, that list grows smaller, of course. Um, of course, I get stupider. <laughs> yeah, same with the modesty, the things, right? At least the things that I know, <laughs> I know how to do. And the idea is to go out and acquire the best possible talent that you can. I have a saying, um, you are not going to run a killer company unless all your employees are A employees. You know, this is something, uh, one of the talks that I, I've given many times is on, on HR and employment. You know, you're sitting in front of a, a group of senior managers or CEOs or presidents or whatever, and you talk there and, you're, and you sort of, you reach out to them and you say, how many of you have employees that you consider just average on your team. Basically, everybody raises their hand 
in the audience and you're like, you're all going to fail. You're on the way to failure. I said, you can't have C, C people on your team. They bring down everybody. So the key to, for me is to always, before the crisis, right? I'm not waiting to the crisis. I'm not waiting for anything. Everybody I hire is an A person or I do without them. So when I have a deficiency, I can have, I know I've got top level people that I can always lean on or have knowledge or whatever. So there's a situation where it's a lot about preparation. It's not waiting until something happens or you need. It's sort of that process of building a business where you have all people that fill in your gaps and all high quality people. I got that. So as we sort of wrap up here, tell me more about Leader of the Pack. Tell me about the book, um, you know, both where can people get it, which I know about, but you know what's in it and, and what do our leaders want to take from it, whether on the individual side or on the, on the work side of things. Right. So Leader of the Pack, it's obviously it's available on Amazon. I'm very proud of the fact that I have 135 star reviews. It was a number one bestseller in self-help books. People who read the book tell me it transforms their life. It changes them. It's the story of how I made it through this, of raising five little kids, going through very difficult circumstances, had a Supreme Court case in there, ran a business, did all of those things. It talks about what I did to overcome the difficulties in life and overcome very serious situations. The biggest reward in that book is how people react to it. Now, if you've written a book, unless you're a very famous person, which I'm not, um, if you're a famous person, you can make money off a book. You don't write a book to make money because if you calculate the amount of hours it took you and the cost to actually market it and you go out there, you would definitely be better off working at Starbucks and getting free coffees as part of the job So than spend the time writing a book. Um, but for me, the reward is the give back, right? I raised five kids on my own. I built $100 million businesses, You know, had a very, very good journey despite the difficulties. And so the reason I wrote the book is that it was my give back. It was a way for me to share what I've learned and how I succeeded. And when I, someone tells me, hey, I read your book and I'm doing this or I succeeded, it like gives me that warm fuzzy. That's what I get my warm fuzzies off of. You know, when someone reads something I've written, particularly my book, and they say it helped them, it changed their life. So that's what it's really about. The reader's line on the book is how a single dad of five led himself, his kids and his business from disaster to success. And that's really what the story is about. And if you want that, I, I you know, I, I feel really good about the read. You know, sometimes you write things you're like, but this one, if you read it, you're gonna have a very good reaction. That's awesome. Well, I think that it's uh, very timely, you know, for people who are dealing with whether that's a, a business crisis, a, a personal crisis, or, you know, you're just looking for, for ways to, to you know, fill up that bucket of yourself, of, of courageousness, of leadership, and, you know, just self-confidence and being able to say, hey, what am I bringing to the table? And, you know, my, my perspective on leadership, and, and Matt, I believe is the same for you, is, you know, you have to give to others. So if you don't have a bucket full yourself, you can't be able to be there for people. And I think people need it now more than ever. So be sure to check out the book, be sure to check out some of Matt's readings and, um, you know, do challenge yourself to say, what can you do today to take that step towards elevating your confidence to, to have a growth mindset and to really like build yourself up to make a, a difference for the, the lives of the people around you. So Matt, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Where can people uh, get a hold of you? Where can they get some of your readings and where can they uh, buy some luxury goods if they need some? <laughs> yeah, well, Lux now, L-U-X-N-O-W, not buy, but they can rent They can rent themselves a Lamborghini or a fancy boat or home. Um, for me, M. Sweetwood, I was an early adopter of social media, so I have at M. Sweetwood everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and my website is msweetwood.com. 
Excellent. Thank you, Matt. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you uh, sharing some time and insights with us today. No, thanks for having me on. The pleasure was all mine. My guest today has been Matt Sweetwood, who is the Chief Executive Officer at Lux Now and the author of Leader of the Pack. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And if you have an aspiring leader or a leader in your life, be sure to send them this podcast, send them a copy of Matt's book, and help them increase their capacity to make a difference with the people in their lives. My name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and until next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you're in the process of renewing your strategic plan and you're looking for a framework to align your team and to create a clear vision, clear goals, and a clear roadmap on how to get there, be sure to check out our signature course that will walk you through the process that we've used to create hundreds of strategic plans successfully for organizations all over the world. You'll get instant access to all the videos and documents right away. And so whether you're planning a strategy session in three months, three weeks, or three days, you'll be able to get the most out of your meeting and have everyone be on the same page and bought into your plan. It's the exact same framework that we've used for our clients and we've packaged it in a way that you can use it easily yourself. So visit smestrategy.net slash course and you can use the code podcast for $100 off. That's smestrategy.net slash course and use the code podcast for $100 off and you'll get instant access to all of the tools to help you create your strategic plan successfully and have everybody moving forward on the same page. Once again, this is Anthony Taylor with the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you real soon.